This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, everyone. This is Delfina Correa from Be Made Whole, certified with the Maxwell Leadership Team. And we exist to lead powerful, positive change through values-based leadership and people development. So today, we're going to talk about development on a larger scale than just a person. And I want to talk about community transformation, which is the developing of whole communities. And I have with me today, Jill Carollison. She and her husband, Michael, are the founders of the nonprofit organization, The Father's Heart Community Development. And their focus is on caring for, empowering, and discipling orphans and vulnerable children, as well as their families. And they are currently working and having a large impact in Fasanta Kral, a community just outside Durbanville. And I work closely with the Father's Heart, and I know um, the value of transforming whole communities. Jill, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your background from your childhood, just a quick little talk from your childhood to how you became the founder, uh, the co-founder of the Father's Heart Community Development. Thank you so much, Delfina. Great to be on your show. Um, Yeah, well, I grew up in a very uh, close, tight-knit Christian family. Um, Obviously, it didn't start out like that, but you know, my parents, when they did get saved, they just, they really showed us what it means to um, to help others, to be there for others. And so mm. I had that modeled for me as a young child. I remember um, there would be holidays with my parents, mainly my mom would go and, you know, have a vulnerable child come and stay with us during some holidays, just to be able to to love on them and care for them. So I think that's where I first started seeing it. And that when you know, I was in primary school. Um, and as I got older, I've just, you know, our family has always just had a love for children. Mm. And that was something that was instilled in me. And by the time I got married, met an incredible man, Michael, and um, he was just, well, he is just an amazing father figure. Like I always call him, it's a little joke, but I say he's the Pied Piper of children because they follow <laughs> him everywhere. They love him. Uh, they always around him on his head, on his lap, everywhere, oh. um, as you've seen. Yes. And so, um, you know, both of us just having this love for children and especially for uh, fatherless children mm. and those that were without, you know, adults caring for them. And we just, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, we started out on our, on our path and our careers. But we prayed because we just felt like there was more. There was more that we felt that God wanted mm. us to do outside mm. of just building careers and having lots of money and going on holidays and doing that sort of thing. And so we prayed the big prayers. We said, God, use us. And probably about eight years ago, he actually downloaded to both Michael and I that we would have this center and that we, we would be working with orphans and vulnerable children and uh, restoring them and transforming their lives. And at that point, I think, you know, our kids were just starting out. We've got two amazing children, Alexandra, who's 17, and Connor, who will be 16 in October. And at the time, we were like, okay, you know, when we prayed that prayer, we didn't quite think this was going to be the answer. <laughs> I think that's a, a lesson to everybody. When, you, when you're praying and asking God to use you, just be prepared yeah. for whatever may come. But out of fear, we basically just, we said not now, you know, later on, you know, we're busy building a little bit more and mm. can't we do something more on a part-time basis? But we just thank God that he never gave up on us and he pursued us. Uh, for a good number of years. And in 2018, we ended up actually fostering two little boys. 
a six-year-old at the time and an 11-year-old, um, two brothers. Their father had passed away and their mom was busy dying of breast cancer. And through that whole process, God actually just reignited that fire mm. in us for the hurting, for orphans, for vulnerable children. And it was also an amazing training ground, actually, for everything that we're doing now. Uh, mm. So, you know, that was really the start of it. And in 2019, we just, you know, we realized that it was now was a time. It was obedience or not. And so we started uh, the Father's Heart Community Development. Mm. And we were officially registered on the 1st of November, 2019. And since then, um, we both left our corporate jobs. I was in uh, marketing and sales for all the years. And Michael was an IT manager at Sunlam um, and in the IT corporate industry for about 22 years as well. But we knew that this is what God is calling us to. And so we left the corporate world and we stepped out to do what he asked us to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's quite a journey that you've been on and huge sacrifices that you've made to follow your purpose. You know, Jill, I work in uh, personal development a lot, as you know, and you speak about the fatherlessness. You know how closely those two are connected. Personal, Absolutely. The, the, the personal development, the development of a child is so crucial. And the, the father figure in a child, a, 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 a loving father figure, not just uh, the presence of, an, of a man or, or even, uh, you know, you, there's different examples of fathers that you get. But I'm talking about the loving, accepting father that, nurtures and builds up a child that is so vital to a child's personal development and uh, what you're doing uh, is you are you are targeting an area which is going to help it can change the direction of those children's lives you know we've got communities where where you work and where I work with you in Fasanta Kral a community where most of the community there's a fatherlessness can you Give a detail when we say community transformation. Can you describe how that looks like uh, in terms of the work that you're doing in, in, in for Santa Kral? And how does that kind of play out moving from this, if you want to move from fatherlessness to a place where these child, children are developed, that they can kind of catch up with the average child? Um, yeah, so, you know, the most important thing, Delfina, to transform a community that starts with transforming a family and restoring mm. family. Family yeah. is the bedrock of every society, and that's the way God designed it. You mm. know, um, that's what He created. This the importance of family, and we'll see throughout history that when the family um, structure is broken, there's just mm. no hope. The children are broken, the parents yeah. are broken, and you've just got that same thing. So for us, it was very important that yes, we are focusing on orphan and vulnerable children, but the way in which to do that is to do that within the confines of a family. You cannot work with children two, three hours a day for, you know, even if it's years on end, but then you're sending them back into that same environment where they've been traumatized or mm. they're being hurt or whatever. You actually have to work with the entire family structure. Yeah. So for us, it's very important to do that. And so we've created, you know, the model that we have is that we've we've created something that is holistically looking at children and looking at parents. And then from them, there's that spin-off. So we encourage all our beneficiaries to obviously also you know, um, engage and encourage those in their circle. And so that ripple effect, you know, spreads. Mm. But for us, very practically in our day-to-day, -day, what we do is firstly, in terms of working with uh, with the parents, that is um, helping them, you know, equipping them and helping them to be good parents, godly parents. 
giving them parenting courses, the leadership courses that you so graciously do for us. Yeah. Um, making sure that the, for those that are caring specifically for foster children, we make sure that they've got trauma-competent care training so they understand what trauma is and how to deal with that. Parenting workshops, there's counselling available for the parents. So basically making sure that they're emotionally well. Um, you know as a parent that you need to be emotionally um, mm. grounded and you know in a good space to be able to care for children. And obviously they also come with their own baggage and trauma that most of the time has never been healed themselves. Yeah. So you're able to be a good parent, you need to be equipped. And then very importantly, we also make sure that there's income. So mm. making sure that there is some sort of skills development which is is needed. Um, and that usually is something that is needed because a lot a large population, especially in communities of people, have not finished education or have no education at all. So making sure that there's skills that are developed wherever it's needed and making sure that they have an income to care for the children that they are looking after mm. so that they're not dependent on us or on the state. Um, mm. And it's just more dignified. And then just all around, you know, even celebrating them, like taking the moms out for Mother's Day, for example, or sending a dad, of which there are very, very few um, that we work with. But if there is a dad, you know, um, just being able to to say that we we love you, we appreciate you, affirming that father figure. And then with the children, very practically, we sort of say we are like that father where there is no father. So we help with the raising and the developing of those mm -hmm. children, making sure. So we do that through our after-school program. So making sure that they've got a safe place to come. They come straight after school Monday to Friday to our venue in Santa Cruz, and they get a meal first. Um, and then they have, we have talent development programs. So that's music, art, drama, mm. dance. Uh, we haven't started our sporting facilities, but that will happen as soon as our Child and Youth Development Centre is completed up to next year. And um, art, all of those things basically are created so that firstly the children are in a safe space after school. We're the only ones of our kind that are offering this kind of thing for Santa Claus. Then also making sure that the talents and things that are developed, because we know that a lot of these children come from so much complex trauma that they're not going to have the ability to go and do a degree or anything yeah. like that. Although we do have some of our matriculants um, from the last couple of years. One is studying a public uh, management degree. The other one is doing an IT course. But for those mm -hmm. children that have just been, you know, been given such a raw deal, some of them aren't able to do that. But, hey, can I cook a ball or can I play a musical instrument really well so I can create a future and an income for myself and look after myself? And then also very importantly, and this is something that I'm very, very passionate about, because um, even having grown up in a very, um, in a good family, Christian family, I also went through a lot of personal trauma when I was growing up. And so I mm -hmm. understand that side of things. So making sure that everything that we offer has an element of this is a safe space. Our facilitators know how to engage, provide a safe space, and everything is um, a mechanism for them to process trauma. Whether it's a music program or whether it's art therapy, it's all a place for these children to be able to express themselves, to heal um, and to grow. And so they also have access to counsellors. We've got access to um, therapists, to specialised medical care if they need it, for example. They need an assessment for ADHD. We've got mentors that help with schoolwork. Um, and then there's obviously, as we said, mentorship and discipleship. So that's a very important mm. thing because we are unashamedly a Christian organization. And uh, mm. our most important focus and our most important, what we feel what God has really called us to over and above all of these other wonderful things is that we are called to bring Jesus' light to them, that's to right. show them that he's the father, that the identity lies with them and restoring the identity in him and getting them to know who he is 
helping them to understand what salvation is, what repentance is, um, mm. and making sure that first and foremost they know him as their Lord and Savior, and that everything else sort of adds on to that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we also run an online school, which is just, um, we started at the end of last year, which is a um, really great, I think, and a critical need in, in that community where there's such a shortage of access to schooling, thousands of children without access to school. And mm -hmm. ours is also primarily focused on those that um, have got behavioral issues or they've been expelled because of whatever reason. They can't be in mainstream school. Uh, there's maybe an uh, issue of bullying. And then also to close the gap between teenage girls, mm. uh, uh, pregnant teenage girls, sorry. And, yeah. you know, because a lot of what happens in communities is when they fall pregnant and are 12 or 13, I mean, sometimes even younger, they yeah. drop out of school as soon as they start showing. And then after baby's born, so there's about six or seven months that they haven't been at school and then they just leave and don't ever come back. So this mm. allows them to be able to go to an online schooling platform uh, during those that period and at the same time, we're encouraging them, we're mentoring them, we're just growing them and saying, like, you know, this is not the end of your life. Go back, do something, you know, for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really, um, it's been, there's lots of challenges yeah. in that space, but it's mm -hmm. been a really encouraging thing. So for us, you know, looking at that, as you can tell, I mean, it is quite broad, it is quite holistic, but we believe that holistic care, making sure that we provide all the resources and opportunities so that people can reach their full potential and doing it in a long-term mm. um, format. You know, we work with families, uh, entire families, and we work from, you know, if a child comes on board with us from, say, five years old, that child is only graduated or that family is only graduated from our program when that last child has gone through tertiary education. Um, and, I mean, there's a 1.1% tertiary education rate in Santa Sure. but has gone through tertiary education, has been placed in a job, is a contributing, self-sustainable um, yes, adult and contributing member of society. Mm -hmm. So that is how, you know, they then give back to their community and that's how that community then builds and builds and builds. Yeah, you know what's coming to me while you're talking? Uh, um, basically, um, I've heard you often say a hand up, not a hand out, and that's really what you're saying. You, you're not just giving something to the person to satisfy just this immediate need and no more. You're trying to yeah. get them to that place where they don't have to get a handout. That's yeah, really where you, what you're trying to and, – and I think that's important because that's the big issue of communities where there's a lot of poverty. Um, uh -huh. uh, they're waiting for a handout, a lot of, a lot yeah, of the communities absolutely. because the, the situation is so dire and desperate and there's, the obstacles are so many. What we take for granted is huge obstacles yeah. for people living in those communities and – what you're doing is you you're actually helping them to overcome those obstacles, because that's how the how the community gets transformed. You're developing the yeah. people, little by little, and with you start with the families, and like you say, hoping hopefully they will influence other families in the community, yeah, and and so it overflows. It kind of has a like a wave effect, and uh, it carries on till it eventually um, it has a multiplying effect. And we see yeah. the community transformed. John Maxwell says that if you don't value people, you won't add value to them. You won't want to invest in them. So I just think of everything that you've invested in for Santa Kral. Can yeah. you think of a character quality that a person needs to have if they want to make a lasting difference in their world? Anyone that's listening, no matter where they live, 
whatever their world is, or if they have a desire to help a community where they need help, you know, to go like we've gone yeah. into for Santa Kral. What can you give one or more characteristic that that person needs to have if they really want to make a difference? What would you say? Um, well, I think quite a big one is obviously empathy. Um, mm. You know, just really understanding where people are at. I think a lot of people go into communities and they're almost like, oh, you know, these people are uneducated and they're lazy, and, you know, and you, it needs understanding of understanding where they've come from, mm. of understanding the uh, the generational poverty, the impact of trauma, understanding backgrounds and influences and all of these things, you know. No one just wakes up one morning and is like, oh, you know, I just don't, I don't care. I just want to beat my mm. wife and do all of these things. Yeah. So I think it's very much about having empathy for people, meeting them where they act, you know, and mm. also just providing them with dignity and agency. And, and especially in community is, you know, when people often come in, they're like, oh, you know, we've, you guys just have got a whole lot of problems and we've got all the mm. answers. And so we'll tell you what to do because you clearly don't know, but that's not the truth. I mean, yeah. we've always had a bottom-up approach. Um, and so just engaging with people in community and you're just finding out and hearing mm -hmm. their hearts and listening and opening communication with them and seeing what it is. And you'll just, you'll be, actually be surprised just how much potential, how much yeah. passion, mm -hmm. um, how much amazing skills is all there. But nobody has ever given them an opportunity. Nobody's ever given them a resource. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever said, hey, I believe in you. And sometimes that's all that they need. It's just that simple, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think really just having empathy and compassion for people is one of the biggest things. Because once you, you can understand something, connect with them on the level and say, hey, I see you, but okay, this is where we're at now. I understand. Let's work together to actually, you know, to, to bring some change. I think that's yeah. quite an important yeah. um, characteristic yeah. to have. You know, um, we're talking about community transformation. And I think what we're doing there is we are we are actually – identifying and helping them to recognize the potential that they already have. Yeah. That's what's come. As you're speaking, I'm thinking that's really what we what we should be doing with anybody. If we're trying to change our world when we go out there, um, no matter where we are, what we're doing, helping people to discover the potential that's in them and to tap into that. You know, we w I don't think it will take – if everybody went into their world and did that, it wouldn't yeah. take very long to see communities transformed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I um, think I just, yeah. 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 I was just going to say, which just touches onto the point that you made earlier about giving a hand up and not a hand out. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of people, because they're not based on the ground, like every day, like we are, sometimes it's very difficult to understand that sometimes you can hurt people by mm. helping them too much. Yeah. Um, and that's why we've always made sure that we give a hand up and not a hand out because handouts and I mean, the handout culture in communities, I mean, as much as well intentioned as it is, has created this environment where it just keeps people stymied in poverty. And so they never come out of that. But when you don't do handouts, but you give them tools and resources and opportunities, you allow them to create their own bright future. You can allow them to reach their God given potential. Mm. Um, because they all have that, but they just yeah. need something. And so it's so it's so empowering also, and it provides so much digni dignity, dignity to be able to mm. give, make somebody self-reliant instead of making them reliant on you or making them reliant yeah. on an organization or making them reliant on state, which is what all these hands out tend to do. Yes. Um, so, mm. yeah, it's really, it really is an important about yeah. the way that you view things and when you understand things and how you actually go about 
engaging and initiating all of this, these sort of like um, innovations or initiatives or that type of thing. Yeah. Yes. It's so, uh, that is so vital. Yeah. It's, um, it really shows you the importance of people realizing that they've got potential, that God is, it's actually in them. Uh, if, if only yeah, everyone knew that, because really we're all created equal. Yeah. At creation, every person at conception, we are created equal. And then life happens. And then Absolutely. some of us get um, um, groomed to believe that we have this potential. And others get groomed to believe that we are just the, at the bottom of the barrel, you know. And yeah. uh, we really are, um, you know, community transformation is really what turns the nation around in the end. Jill, yeah, absolutely. You um, you spoke of some character qualities. Now, um, do you have a role model that demonstrates these qualities? Do you have someone that you look up to that is your kind of example to follow in what in the work that you do? Um, well, not sort of in the yeah. I know this is probably going to be very cliche now, but <laughs> Jesus, you know, <laughs> of course, of a role model to have. Um, yes. For me, that is just, he is the ultimate role model on how to love people, on how to see them. Um, oftentimes, I will have to say, like, Jesus, like, let me see them the way that you see them. Yeah. Sometimes, especially because we work with orphans and traumatized children, it's so easily to, you know, so easy to be angered by the parents or the people that have inflicted this hurt on. Yeah. And then you want to, you know, you need to help them as well. And just to be able to to say, Lord, like help me to see through your eyes because these are also your children and you love them as much as you love everybody else. But they also lost. They've also been hurt and this is why they hurt and stuff like that. So mm. for me, you know, he is the ultimate, yeah, the mm. ultimate role model in terms of how to love people, how to continue. Like you said, um, doing this work is exceptionally challenging. There yeah. is... Besides being challenging on a daily basis, physically, mentally, emotionally, there is a lot of sacrifices. And so, you know, looking at Jesus and, and his journey on earth and how he, you know, did his ministry and the things that there's so many. It's so wonderful that we have a savior who actually understands the things that we go through, yeah. um, attacks and all of those things. So to have him, to be, have our Bible, to have his word, to be able to pray and to seek him. Uh, to be able to guide us through all of this. I mean, we're a mm. fairly young organization. We've been around for four years now. But to see where we are, the things that we've done, the strategies and everything that God has given us, it's all because of him. And so that's really where our eyes turn to for both Michael and I for everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, if you think about it, uh, if, you, if you think how intense some of the things are that you're dealing with, it probably would be difficult yeah. to find a, a, a fallible human to look up to. Exactly. It's, uh, oh, yeah, we all, we mean, all fail all the time. <laughs> the thing I like about Jesus is that he wasn't just, uh, he, he taught us how to love, but that didn't make him the doormat. Yeah. Uh, he used wisdom and understanding and he could yeah. identify the, you know, when someone was really hurting or if they were the one doing the, the you know, where did that, behavior come from was it someone that was yeah. hurting and, and or were they actually the ones who were on the trouble end of the stick you know like the pharisees yeah. and the sinners and pharisees, the sinners were suffering the pharisees was the cause of the suffering and uh, so he teaches us uh, how to be in which situation and uh, yeah that insight he really was uh, he is really everybody's ultimate role model um, absolutely 
thank you for that, Jill. Um, now, um, you and Michael have developed a system in the Father's Art, which is quite interesting, an idea that I believe you came up with, what you call the Father's Art Currency Programme. Um, share with the listeners just a little bit. We literally have about a minute or two uh, left. Um, to j- just share about that. Maybe there's someone with an organization today and, and they might take a great idea from you on to use in their organization or that, the, the concept of this currency program. I just want to, uh, people to become aware of the things that you can do uh, when you are working with communities. Um, well, yeah, so like I said, it ties in a lot with that hand up, not hand out um, mm-hmm. strategy and model that we, we focus so much on. And we realized over the years, you know, people would give us things like corporates and stuff or like Mandela Day that just passed now. And we would just hand them out and we realized that we were actually just also perpetuating that cycle, mm-hmm. um, even though while meaning and while intentioned and we wanted to bless people. But it was just it was creating a really bad environment. And so what we did was we changed slightly and we thought, how do we actually, you know, as much as we don't want to do handouts, we're obviously very cognizant of the fact that there are needs and people right. need stuff. They mm. need food, they need toiletries, whatever. And maybe they don't have the income at this point to actually, you know, to get all of those things or they need more than what they're able to afford. And so the Father's Art Currency Program is basically a way for our beneficiaries to be able to purchase as such items that they need, um, but in a way that is, again, provides dignity for them and gives them agency. So how that works is in the beginning, as I mentioned, we've got various skills development programs. So parenting courses, Bible studies, leadership courses, et cetera, et cetera. So the way that it works is whenever one of our adult beneficiaries or parents comes to any of those courses, um, points get allocated to those courses and they then are able to um, swap those or, or use those points to buy the things that they need. So the things that they they can buy is non-perishable food items, toiletries, DIY, um, things to fix up their home, tiles or things like that. Um, yeah, toiletries and clothing items if we get that in, books, etc. And then we've got a similar currency program that we actually run with our kids and teens as well. So similar, well, same concept, but just changes slightly. So for them, it's like, you know, are you coming to school, uh, to after schools every day? Because that's where the magic happens. We need them there so we can work and develop with, with them. Yes. Are you on time? Are you showing sort of gifts of the spirit? Are you, you know, are you kind to your neighbor? Are you, and I mean, that looks different for everybody. So we're not saying that there must be anything, but I mean, what that looks like for one child who was maybe started hitting somebody when they came in because you wanted a pencil, but now will ask kindly, hey, please, can I yeah. have that pencil to you? So, you know, all the small wins that we want to, encourage them and motivate them. So for those kind of things, um, they get points and then they can then uh, use those points to buy. Well, they're on a second, every second week uh, cycle, just because we know the kids are not going to wait a whole month to buy stuff. Um, And for them, we do like little sweeties. We've got uh, toys and puzzles and books Um, for the teenagers. We've also got uh, toiletries and sanitary towels, things for their hair, airtime vouchers, um, so all the things that they really want but maybe can't afford. So it also just it starts a whole process of, hey, what you do, you earn. Um, yeah, you know, you get what you earn, what you put in is what you get out. And it also just helps them to, yeah, to be able to, especially for the little ones, to show them as they're going, like, you can do this. You can get things for yourself. You can, mm. you know, you don't have to sit and wait for the handout. And it also just keeps things fair. Yeah. Um, you know, we all, we had an issue before um, where there was complaints like, why is 
this one getting more than me and even though it was all average according to the size of the family and what the needs were because we treat every family as individuals as a unique system um but then yeah so this helps them in order to be able to be like this complete fairness now what yeah. you get at the end of the month is depending on what you put in yeah. during the month so yeah yeah well that's actually very and we found good it works yeah. really really well mm. i like that reward system because that's how life works we are rewarded Absolutely. for the things the right things that we do well we're quite out of time now and so we're going to have to end it off but i'm just quickly going to give some information to a listener if there's a listener who wants to help or be involved in community work you feeling uh, your heart being tugged and uh, you really want to make a difference uh, if they want to know more about the father's heart community development or how they can help you or support you they can go to um, the father's heart dot org dot za and there's a contact yeah. form there and they can contact you there if they want to know more about um the currency program and just get information on ideas uh, or where they can even maybe help to co- be a contributor to the currency program uh, they yeah, can contact. You're always looking for donations for those things. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Or you can even become a financial donor, monthly um, a, a financier of the organisation to help them to change this communica- um this community. Uh, just go to the website and on the contact form you can get hold of Jill or Michael at the Father's Art. Uh, that is it. We're out of time. Thank you very much, Jill, and thank you everybody for being with thank us you so today. Much. And uh, if you want more information on Be Made Whole, you can go to bemadewhole.co.za. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dolphina. Bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.